0: It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle.
1: Good afternoon and thanks for listening to Radio Talking Book Service. It's time for another Community Conversation. And today we're talking with Jessica Bartenbach from NCBBI. She's the center supervisor. Jessica, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, the Center does so many amazing things, so I'm really looking forward to talk to you about it. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from Nebraska?
0: I was born in Beatrice. Um, I've lived in Nebraska off and on a few different times. So when I was a baby, my mom moved us to California and I went through preschool and elementary school, There in California, um, before coming back to Nebraska for middle school through college, I was born blind. So in California, I was in a special education classroom with other students who were also Mm -hmm. blind. And I was the only one who didn't have a secondary disability. But in middle school and high school, I was integrated into the regular classroom environment. So I graduated from Beatrice High School
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: um, came to the training center here in Lincoln, the NCBVI Center for the Blind. And then I graduated from UNL with a bachelor's degree in education and human sciences.
2: And I moved
0: away to New Mexico for about 10 years and Mm -hmm. worked at the training center down there before coming back to Nebraska to take this position. So Ah. Personally, um, I'm married been married for 14 years. I actually met my husband here at the training center. We have two kids, a 10-year-old boy and eight-year-old girl.
1: Wow, you're busy, huh? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Tell us the history of NCBVI. How long have y'all been around?
0: Well, um, NCBVI first got started back in 1943. It was the Department of Services for the Blind, and at that time it was housed under the Board of Control. Later, it was renamed Rehabilitation Services for the Visually Impaired, or RSVI. Mm -hmm. That happened in 1961. And then in 1962, RSVI was moved under the Department of Public Institutions. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: in the early 1970s, there were complaints from consumers of the commission that RSVI seemed to provide the most services and seemed to have the highest expectations for clients with the most usable vision. And those who were totally blind were often just taught crafts rather than actual vocational skills. Mm-hmm. So, in 1974, Dr. James Nyman was hired as director of RSVI and was given the ta- the task of transforming the service delivery model. So, one of the first things he did was he sent a lot of staff to Iowa, where mm-hmm. The, where Dr. Jernigan was the director of the Iowa Commission for the Blind and was making a lot of interesting changes in rehabilitation that seemed to be working out very well. So in 1975, the Governor's Advisory Committee to Services for the Visually Impaired was created, mm-hmm. and the Nebraska Center for the Blind hired its first blind cane travel instructor. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then in 1976 was the first year that Sleep Shade training was provided to staff members of the commission, or back then RSBI. And in 1992, the governor's advisory committee was replaced by the state rehabilitation advisory council. And now we have a five-member board of commissioners appointed by the governor that oversees the commission. And in 2000 is when RSBI became the Nebraska Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired, and it's an independent state agency. Next year, we'll be celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Nebraska Center for the Blind. The center that we have here in Nebraska is one of only six structured discovery training centers in the country. We're one of only six programs that's approved by the National Blindness Professional Certification Board.
1: Wow. So only six. Why only six? That just seems like we could use a heck of a lot more of that.
0: <laughs> it it definitely does. I think the structured discovery model of rehabilitation training is spreading. There's other agencies that are moving in that direction, but it mm-hmm. takes time to turn a program around as we saw with uh, what was in RSVI. Change doesn't happen overnight.
1: NCBBI offers, I think, a really wide variety of services. So let's talk about some of those. Like, Tell us about the vocational rehab. What does that entail?
0: So vocational rehabilitation services are available to people who are 14 and older, and there's no maximum age limit for that. Um, And the services are designed to help a person gain, maintain, or advance in employment. Okay. Um, So those services could be helping a person to find a job, helping them prepare for a job, such as doing mock interviews, Mm -hmm. doing research on what kinds of jobs they may like to do. Um, It's also training them in alternative techniques that they may need to be able to do that job and then supporting them once they're on the job, maybe some Mm -hmm. on-the-job training to make sure that they're learning the job and performing at the standards that the employer expects. Um, Mm -hmm. We could help somebody go to college by assisting them with the cost of tuition and books. So there's a lot of different pieces that go into that, but the main goal is to get a person to the point where they're doing a job that they want to do, and they're successful at it, and they're being a tax paying, contributing member of society.
1: Right. I love that. Everybody's got to work. Yay. But I'm glad (laughs) that you teach them everything. So is there any particular uh, jobs out there that you think are a perfect fit or is the sky the limit? The sky's the limit.
0: There's blind people who work as teachers and lawyers, accountants, Uh, they work in the food service, hospitality industry. Just about anything that you can think of, we've had some students go to med school. Um, we've we're trying to be more intentional about supporting students who want to go into the science, technology, engineering, and math sectors. Sure,
1: that's amazing. I love that. So, besides helping them get into the career of their choice, you also offer some in-home and short-term residential training. So tell us about that.
0: So we have counselors who are around the, city, around the state. They serve all 93 counties. And we have the staff go into the client's home and work with them on anything that they need. These services are available for anybody of any age. So it could be working with them on learning how to cook and clean with low vision or non-visual techniques. Maybe they need help reading their mail and accessing printed materials. We go in and mark their appliances for them so that they can use their appliances. Uh, We make referrals to other service providers such as Radio Talking Book or Talking Mm -hmm. Book and Braille Services, Newsline for the Blind. We can work with them on basic cane travel and helping them to learn to navigate their community and other places of interest. We may sign them up for paratransit if it's available or teach mm-hmm. them how to use public transportation in their community and we provide accessible equipment to them for so for some people that's maybe a handheld magnifier or a digital video magnifier, maybe a talking book um, talking book equipment through the library um, o c r software that can help them scan their mail and have it read out loud to them
2: mm-hmm. and
0: and some clients want to learn Braille, some need help marking and identifying medications and clothing and products around the house so they know what medication they're they're taking or giving, what cleaning product they're using. Mm-hmm. And so the services really vary from person to person, but it's designed to help them with their most immediate needs and keep them living independently in their own
1: homes. That's amazing and available in all 93 counties. All 93 counties. I love that. So, how does independent living skills differ from residential training?
0: Uh, independent living skills are available to people who are under the age of 55. You okay. don't have to have a work goal. So, it could be children who haven't gone to school yet, could be kids who are school age and we're working alongside the school through. Working through the IEP process to make sure they have the accommodations that they need. Um, Could be somebody who's a primary caregiver or just doesn't have a work goal and their goal is to to be in the home and to care for their families. Um, So, again, those services could be provided in the home. Um, we, We also have programs where we bring clients into the office and work with them in a group setting about once per month. So we work with them in in that group setting so there's some peer mentoring and support that goes on there they're meeting other blind or visually impaired people Mm -hmm. and networking we're also talking about philosophy and how to deal with the different issues of blindness that come up like your family won't let you into the kitchen because they're scared you'll get hurt um -hmm. and you know, they're also coming in and working on skills. They work together to prepare a meal that they then get to eat. And they also do a little bit of cane travel, work with some technology. And sometimes there's a braille component. And they're also, you know, just spending some time with other people who understand what they're going through.
1: Right. That's a great idea. So almost like mentoring, maybe a little bit. Mm hmm. Perfect. Now, a lot of that you just spoke about, like you said, so that last independent living skills are for adults under 55. You offer a lot of youth services. What what all is involved in the youth services that you provide?
2: So
0: those can start at any age as well, but most commonly you'll see us getting involved when a student has an IEP And we especially increase our involvement at age 14 when they become eligible for vocational rehabilitation services. And we're working on that transition to adulthood, whether that be college or employment, just those next steps after high school. The NCBVI has several different programs for youth. The first one um, for the youngest kiddos is called Project Independence. And that is for ages eight through 13. It's okay. about a week long, tends to be scheduled at the end of July. And that's very much like a summer camp. So the kids okay. go and they do fun camp type activities like swimming and horseback riding. And um, you know, they sometimes make homemade ice cream and do mm-hmm. arts and crafts and just other fun stuff. But we sneak in some educational things in there, some alternative techniques of blindness. And again, they're networking with other other kids their age who are also blind or visually impaired. And then for the 14 to 18 year olds, the high school students, we about twice a year have a program called Winterfest, which takes place over a long weekend. And that one also works on some of the skills, um, particularly things that are of interest to teenagers. So there's some fun components. I know they've done Karaoke night before. They've also dressed up as though you were going to a prom and practiced dining etiquette for a fancy meal. And we're also working on the philosophy of blindness because as a teenager, it's really uncomfortable sometimes to stand out. That's not something any teenager wants to do. And when you're blind or have a visual impairment and you're using a cane or large print or braille, you're going to stand out. So working with the students on how to manage that and how to be successful in school. Um, And then the other big youth program we have is called Wages, which Mm -hmm. starts at age 16. And that is work and gain experience in the summer. So we bring them to Lincoln for six weeks and they live in dorms on UNL's campus and work a full-time job here in Lincoln. And we Mm -hmm. try to pick out a job That's something that they're interested in doing. Okay. So um, We try to send out a survey and find out what types of jobs they like, what they're interested in, what they don't like. And then they they get to work at a, a job site here in Lincoln and get some experience to put on their resume.
1: Wow. So what kind of jobs in Lincoln? I'm guessing it ranges, it could be like a barista in a coffee shop to, again, anything they want to do.
0: Yeah, we've had students give tours of the state capitol. Child care tends to be a popular one that somebody does usually every year. Um, Working Mm -hmm. with animals is another popular job. Sure. Um, Some like the more outdoor physical labor type jobs. So we'll help, we'll work on finding really anything that, that suits their interest if we can pull it off.
1: Sure. I love that. Now, Did I see somewhere on on your website that you all offer financial aid for those that want to go to college or maybe vocational school? Mm
0: -hmm. If it's related to their vocational goal. So, Uh you know, a teacher obviously needs to go to college and have a teaching license. So if it's related directly to the employment goal, then we can help with college. Um, We can pay up to UNL's tuition rate and help cover the cost of books. And the only real requirements um, are that they maintain a grade point average of 2.5 or higher. That, uh, Of course, the education is related to their vocational goal. So it's part of the plan that they've written with their counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to turn in their class schedule and their grades to us each semester just to make sure that they're they're going to class, they're keeping their grades up, and they're they're making progress towards achieving that goal.
1: That is great because as you and I both know, college just keeps getting more and more expensive. I bet. It's out of reach. So this is amazing that you offer that. How many people take you up on this for college?
0: I don't know an exact number. Um, I do know though that we also can help pay for college for someone who already has a job who wants to advance in their employment. I gave an example of a teacher a little while ago, but let's say Mm -hmm. someone has already gone to college, they're working as a teacher, and they want to move up the ladder and maybe be a principal or one day be a superintendent. If they Mm -hmm. need a master's degree to help them reach that goal, we can help cover that cost too.
1: That is brilliant. Love it. So besides, you've got... Residential training, independent living skills training, you help with youth services. And then I read that you also offer assistance to blind entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So what, what does that look like? So that
0: could be two different options. We have the Nebraska <laughs> Business Enterprise Program or NBE. Okay. Other states call it the randolph Shepherd or Vending Program. Okay. Um, and that is where the commission provides The equipment, like the vending machines, Um, we also provide the training for the blind individual who wants to work that site. And we have federal contracts to provide vending machines and cafeterias in federal buildings. So, like Mm -hmm. STRATCOM, a lot of the rest stops along the interstate, those Mm -hmm. are operated by blind vendors. And the commission is the state licensing agency for the Randolph-Shepard program so we manage the contracts, train the vendors, and then they they do the work of managing their inventory, submitting their their reports, um checking expiration dates and moving out products and everything that that goes into running those facilities. And the other option for someone who wants to be an entrepreneur is a client maybe who wants to be self-employed, they would work with their counselor and submit a business plan and then they would work with their counselor on getting that set up so we could help them go to pay for school if they needed to have a degree or if they needed a specific certification for their business, um, an option. I, one thing that comes to mind is, say, somebody wants to set up a massage therapy business, uh-huh. they, sure. they would need to go to school for that and then to be licensed. So we could help with that process And so again, that could be an avenue where we look at assisting someone with tuition and books, and we may even be able to help purchase the tools and equipment needed for that business. But the services are are determined on an individualized basis, so a lot depends on their business plan and what's needed for that.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, do you help folks write up a business plan if they need help with that?
0: Um, We would probably refer them to. Others in the community, like sometimes the small business center can Uh help with that.
1: You also, and I don't want to skip this because I think you mentioned it earlier, you help provide adaptive technology and independent aids, which as with technology, things change on a dime. But there's some pretty cool stuff out there. What kind of things do you help or help give out to folks?
0: We tend to. Forget sometimes the low tech stuff. So, you uh, know, I'm, I'm a fan of the low tech stuff, and I'll get to the, the more exciting stuff too. But, you know, it could be as simple as a cane and a slate and stylus or a digital recorder um, sure. for somebody. But we also do handheld magnifiers or portable video magnifiers, um, CCTVs, as I grew up calling them, they're digital video magnifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be braille translation software and an embosser if needed, be liquid level indicator um, for somebody who maybe has neuropathy and has trouble feeling when they've filled up their glass. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. could be a screen reader such as JAWS or screen magnification software like Fusion or Zoom Text.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we do a technology assessment to figure out. What it is that the client needs, what's going to help them here and now, and also in the future um, as their vision may change. Sometimes Mm -hmm. what what works today may not be what works in a year. Smartphones are everywhere. So sometimes Mm -hmm. we can assist a person if they need an accessible smartphone or a tablet,
2: Mm -hmm. particularly
0: if it's related to their job or school. Braille note takers and braille displays, we know those are very pricey.
1: I love that you brought up the low-tech like the cane. That is so important. And the fact that you help with those is just as amazing as well. And now as technology has changed over the years, I mean, do you have somebody that, what I want to say, specializes in the technology so you can keep up with it?
0: We, each district has a technology specialist. We're actually hiring for a couple of those positions now. So if uh-huh. your listeners know anybody who's interested. <laughs> <There it laughs> um, but. Ideally, we have one person in each district who focuses on technology. And then here at the training center, we also have a technology specialist, um, a technology instructor. So um, the really great thing about the commission staff is even though Once they finish their initial staff training, we're Mm -hmm. always learning new things and we're not afraid to reach out
1: to each other and say, no, I don't
0: know the answer to that, but I know somebody who will. Let me, let me get back to you on that.
1: Speaking of technology, you guys have some great videos, a whole series on your website called Pathways to Independence. What all is covered in these videos?
0: So we have videos on cane travel, meal preparation, shopping and cleaning. Techniques of daily living and braille. These videos have been around for quite some time. I remember watching them when I was a client of the commission over a decade ago. So um, they're up on our YouTube page and we hope to update them some more too. The information is still relevant. It's just a little outdated because, as you said, technology continues to change. And so there's some things in there that are more applicable now that weren't really applicable back
1: then. So with all of these services that you offer, who is eligible and then is there any kind of a cost ever associated with this? There's
0: no cost for our services. We receive 60% of our funding from the federal government and about 40% from the state government Mm -hmm. Normally, that's more of an 80-20 match, 80% from the federal government, 20% from the state. But we're really lucky here in Nebraska that our legislature and governor have approved additional funding. So for us, it's more like a 60-40 match. Um, We also get reimbursements when clients are successfully employed and they're no longer needing to be on Social Security benefits. And we receive some private donations as well. Um, so, there's no cost for our services. And in order to be eligible, someone needs to be a resident of Nebraska. I believe it okay. takes about 30 days to establish residency. Okay. Um, and they need to have a, a visual impairment, so a diagnosis of being legally blind, um, mm-hmm. or they need to have a condition that's likely to degenerate and lead to them becoming legally blind, um, mm-hmm. or they need to be functionally blind. So, what that looks like is so a person who is having to devise so many alternative techniques to do day-to- day tasks that mm-hmm. a person with normal vision would be able to do with their vision.
1: Okay, so and if they want your services, how do they go about? Do they just go to the website and sign up or give you a call, or how do they go about getting involved?
0: So the easiest way to receive our services is to call our main office. Okay. the phone number for that is four zero two four seven one two eight nine one or mm-hmm. also toll free in Nebraska you can call one 877 809 2419 And a person can either refer themselves for services or it could be someone else making the referral. A family member or friend or um, community service provider or doctor's office can also make that referral too. And we'll just get some basic information like name, date of birth, um, phone number and address and ask a couple of questions about what it is that the person is needing help with. And then a counselor will give them a call back and set up an appointment to come out and fill out an application for services.
1: Now, when we first started this conversation, you did mention that these services are available in all 93 counties across Nebraska. And where where, is there a headquarters? Is that down in Lincoln?
0: Yep. Our main office is at 4600 Valley Road. 100 in Lincoln. Um, we also have an office in Omaha at 1313 Farnham Street, we 316. and we have a small storage space and um, kitchen that we use for group teachings out in the North Platte area. But we have counselors who are working throughout the state, so every corner, every county has a counselor who serves that area. If we have just a Moment, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the training center here in Lincoln, if we have yeah, time for
2: do. that. Yes, okay. go ahead.
0: So the cent- the program that I work for is the Nebraska Center for the Blind, and we're a program of NCVDI. We serve the vocational rehabilitation clients and also the older blind clients. So those anyone who is fourteen and older who has a work goal, or anyone fifty five and older without a work goal. And they come to Lincoln for six to nine months on average, and mm-hmm. we put them up in an apartment in downtown Lincoln. They take the bus every day and come here to our main office. Mm-hmm. And they take classes in cane travel, technology, home management, Braille, and woodshop. They also do philosophical discussions and community-based activities, and learn techniques of daily living. So we have them in their own apartments, so they're practicing every day cooking and cleaning and all of the things that go into managing your own household and your daily activities. And, and so, um, all of our training is done under sleep shades. We do that because a person's vision is typically unreliable. You know, Mm -hmm. there's situations where vision may work better than others. And Mm -hmm. the thing about having low vision or being visually impaired is if you have any vision, you know, it's not reliable in all situations.
2: Right. And
0: so the, the sleep shades remove the the dependence upon unreliable vision. And instead you learn non-visual skills that will work regardless of what your vision is like in a situation or regardless of what it does in the future. And you learn problem solving and transferable skills and you gain confidence. And just like any other NCBVR program, there's no cost to attend the training center.
1: Wow, that's amazing. I love that. I didn't even know that it was down in Lincoln. Look at that. So and again, if you're a Nebraskan, you can apply to come do that, right? You can. Just
0: if you have an NCBVI counselor already, you can talk to them about coming to take a tour of the center. Mm-hmm. and if you don't have a counselor right now, you can call our main office and sign up for services.
1: Very good. Now, let's just give that number one more time for your main office. Would you please do that? Sure. It's
0: four zero two. That's a local number if you're here in Lincoln. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you can call toll-free in Nebraska, 1-877-809-2419. We also have a website. That's ncbvi.nebraska.gov. NCBVI is Nebraska Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired. So,
1: ncbvi.nebraska.gov. All right, Jessica, that was so much excellent information. Thank you for joining us today. And again, folks, if you're listening, no matter where you are in the state and you need some help, do not hesitate to call them. They are there. They've got great services, no cost. Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, folks. That was Jessica Bartonbach from NCBVI, the center supervisor. And again, thank you so much for listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book Service. You've been listening to
0: Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community.